you're listening to the Pomerado Christian Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us today. If you're a weekly listener, welcome back. If this is your first time, we're so glad you're here and hope you consider subscribing. If you're in your car, on a run, doing things around the house, or working out, and want to connect even further and take next steps with us, visit pomerado.info. Now, enjoy this week's message. Welcome again, and we are uh, so grateful to be able to uh, have some time together. And again, if this is your very first time with us, welcome. We're so happy you're here. If, this, if you've been with us for years, welcome. We're so glad that you are here. And what we want to do is we're, we're going to take a couple moments as, as the Navarro family just did a fantastic job reading uh, the Advent reading. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Just did a great job reading it and looking at John chapter 1. So that's going to be where we're going to spend uh, the majority of our time tonight. But to be clear, the whole goal is, is for us to be out within the next three hours. Does that sound good to you guys? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that's scary. No, we'll, we'll be out uh, much more shortly than uh, a normal Sunday morning sermon. But because we want to just highlight this moment here is we are thinking about what it means for us to celebrate Jesus' birth. For us to remember what it's like. For us on a candlelight service to take a moment to step back into what it meant to experience or to think about the darkness that was um, throughout the Israelite history, specifically before Jesus came. Now, I don't know about you, I'm someone that um, I love, I really enjoy Christmas lights. This is actually our first year as a family that we actually put them up outside. Um, I did that thing where you buy them like right after the Christmas holiday last year. And so you get them for a better price and like Home Depot. And so uh, be able to put them up this year. And it's just nice for me. I remember just setting it up um, when I was growing up and after my parents got divorced and, and setting up the lights at my mom's house and just loving that, being, loving being able to come home and see the lights lit and then noticing when we're used to for a month, the lights in the neighborhood and, and on the outside of our house or inside, on our trees inside, then all of a sudden when it's not lit anymore and we kind of have that moment like, oh, it's, it's darker again. There's that moment of maybe not loss, but just, oh, we've kind of missed that nostalgia, missed that moment of the light in the midst of the darkness. Now, we want to take a moment back to think about, I'm not going to ask you to turn there, but there's Malachi chapter 4, and we've hit on that a little bit in our John the Baptist series called Behold throughout Advent, but we looked at Malachi chapter 4, and then if you follow along, I feel like I'm reading a kid's book here. So if you follow along, Malachi chapter 4, and then there's the New Testament right here. And we turn one page, and all of a sudden it's the birth of Jesus. It's Matthew 1. We start to see that. But within this one turn of a page is 400 years of history. That there's a 400-year gap between the end of the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, to when Jesus comes and he arrives as the Messiah, as the Christ child. There's 400 years of God's people crying out, saying, God, where are you? God, hear our prayers. God, we are being oppressed. Could you please send the Messiah? Can you send the one who will bring us hope? The one that in the midst of deep darkness would be a great light. The one that the government would rest upon his shoulders. Would you send us the son who would be given so that we could experience freedom? And parents would tell their kids about the Messiah and point them to the scriptures. And those, those grown-ups would continue to grow old and, and then they would pass away. And those kids that they raised up to look for the Messiah would grow up and tell their kids and they would pass away. And then their kids would keep it. And 
generation after generation, for year after year, for decade after decade, for century after century, would be saying there's going to be hope. But until that hope comes, it just feels like deep darkness. Now, I don't know what, what you all are experiencing in your life right now. Maybe you're in a season where you are celebrating things are good and you're happy and you're, you feel God's warmth and his blessing. You feel his pleasure in the midst of your season you're in. And for some of you, we think if you're in that place, you're like, yeah, Christmas really is the most wonderful time of the year. For others of you, you think about the traditions that you have that the, the, the loved ones you spend time with, but now there's that rift in the family and you don't see them anymore. Now there's that brokenness that's taken place. Now maybe that person or some people have passed away and, and Christmas, the nostalgia and the hope and the tradition you had, all of a sudden there's a lack. It, it just feels like the lights turn off in the neighborhood. It just feels a little darker. And we think about this idea of, yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year except for when it feels like it's the most painful time of the year, the most sorrowful time of the year, the time of the year where by looking back at what we miss, it causes us to grieve what we once had. And imagine this idea of just being in this idea of darkness, of hoping, wishing, praying that God would answer a prayer, that God would reveal himself. And we look around and we feel like our world our schools, our neighborhood, our workplaces, our city, our country, our world can just feel like such a dark place. And I wonder for the Israelites after year after year after decade after decade after century after century of not having the Messiah come, I could imagine it would be hard to hope again. For some of you, for some of us, we're in a season where it is hard to hope that Christmas can meet any more than lights on a tree and, and gifts underneath the tree. But that's why we need the reminder of Christmas. For those of us who are in seasons of deep darkness, this is why we need to cling to the hope that Jesus really did come and he really does love us and he really is God who really became flesh, who really gave up his life so we could really have a relationship with him. And so we remember this in the midst of this darkness the hope that we have in Christmas, the reason that we, that we hang lights is that it's symbolic of the light of the world who came down to live a perfect life and to die a horrible death so that he could raise to new life so we could have everlasting life through him. So imagine we're, we're here and, and it's the New Testament and, and 400 years pass by and then we see this light that takes place in Luke chapter 2. The light that is this angel that is that's speaking to the shepherds that are out with their fields or with their sheep in the field. And it's saying, do not be afraid for there is good news. In the town of David, a savior has been born. You will find him lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so out of the darkness of four centuries, the light shines brighter than it ever had. And the shepherds say, we got to go and find out who this child is. In the town of David in Bethlehem. And so they go right away and they find and they see Jesus in the manger and then they tell people about it. A couple of years later, we see the, 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 the next portion, portion is in Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, the star that shines. Now to be clear, 
When we ever look at nativities and when we look at Christmas cards and we listen to the Christmas story, we always equate the wise men as being there on that night. But if you look at Matthew chapter 2, what it specifically says is that the wise men go and they found the child Jesus coming out of the house. A child coming out of the house isn't the same as a baby lying in a manger. So time has passed, and the, the, the wise men had seen the star, and they made that journey from the east. That wasn't something where they just got an Uber. It wasn't something where they just got a quick ride. They didn't catch a flight last minute. It, they had to walk and journey. The first light with the angels was a light that gave the word of hope. The second light, the one of the star that guided the wise men to where Jesus was a young child, that's the light that points us in the direction we need to go. Some of you, some of us, we're in a season where we need hope. Some of us are in a season where we just need the direction of where we need to go. And both of those lights lead us to the Christ child. Both of those lights lead us to Jesus. And so we see these different lights in the different times of darkness. And then we see, and we're going to pull back now, we're going to look at John chapter 1 for just a few moments here in order to look at the story or the passage that the Navarros read Because the angel's light was pointing to Jesus' light of the world. The star, the light of the star with the wise men was pointing to Jesus as the light of the world. Why was it important for this angel and the light to point to the light of the world? Because verse 9 says this, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Not shining on the world from afar. Not just a flashlight that gives a little bit of of an idea where we're going. The light was coming down from heaven to live in on earth. That the one who knew no sin was going to become sin eventually. That the one who was fully God in the riches of heaven would come to the rags of a manger in order to invite us into right relationship with him. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. See, in Christmas, we often, especially when we're growing up and when we're younger, we typically look at Christmas as, when it comes to gifts, we think about the gifts that we're going to get, the gifts we're going to receive. Some of you were people, and we don't need to show hands, we did that earlier, uh, who would go and look for gifts ahead of time. You would, like, go behind your parents' back, and and your, your parents knew. I just want you to know. They were aware. No, but... There are others who maybe you didn't, even, you didn't care about knowing ahead of time. You just liked being surprised. That Maybe you'd wake up in the morning and you'd notice, oh, there's a couple more gifts under the tree today. Because we're thinking about what are the gifts that we can get? What are the things that we're going to receive? Will we be enough on the nice list to get the things that we want? And yet, maybe some of you have had the experience where you've re- been given a gift, but you've never received it. My parents were, or my mom specifically would... We would do stockings, and I remember she would uh, fill up the stocking. There'd be, like, candy and really good stuff on the bottom. But I remember, inevitably, there were always, like, a couple of oranges sticking out the top. And I'm always like, I love that my mom was like, okay, let's have something healthy. But do you think I really enjoyed the orange as much as I was, like, looking for the candy? Do you think I actually received the orange? I'm like, thank you, Mom. This orange means everything to me like or or am I like oh thank you so much where's the Reese's you know like and so just acknowledging that we can be given something and not ever fully receive it that Jesus the light of the world came down and yet not everyone fully received him 
that we think that, you know, when it comes to this time of, of Christmas, we think it's about what we get. And for some of us, tonight is just a reminder that what we are able to receive, what we have the opportunity to receive is a relationship with Jesus. Maybe for the very first time, maybe a, re, a, a refocus on our walk with God, a coming back to Jesus. Or for some of us, it's just that encouragement to know that no matter how dark things are in your life, the light of the world is still with you. That we need to receive that gift. We can't just say, oh, you know, God, I'm grateful that you did this great thing for me and put it like an orange and say, but now can you give me the things I really want? Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. So it's showing us this idea that if you and I try to spend our whole lives on the nice list, that will never be enough for us to enter into a right relationship with Jesus. Because it's not about what we can do, what we can earn, or how we can try to be our own light, if you will. It's all about recognizing that there is a deep darkness. There are a lot of struggles and pain and heartache and grief represented in this room and those joining us online that we acknowledge we acknowledge the heartache that can exist, but we cannot make our own way out of the darkness. Otherwise, we're like the blind leading the blind, hoping that we by accident can find a way out, whereas Jesus is the light that came to overcome and overpower the darkness. And we recognize that Jesus gave us the invitation. He gave us the right, not because of the right that we've earned, but because through his perfect life, his horrible death, and the fact that he was raised to new life as that perfect sacrifice, that we are able to believe, confess with our mouth, believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and can be saved in a right relationship with him. Friends, the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus is offered to everyone, but not everyone will fully receive it. Maybe that's a reminder and encouragement this evening to say, have I received this gift? Because friends, as much as when we grow up and as we're growing up, we think that it's mostly about what we can get, what gift we can receive, we recognize, recognize the truth that you are never too old to receive a gift. We're never too far gone. We're never, we're never too far um, in advance in years or maturity to receive the gift of what God may have for us. So for some of us, we think, okay, yes, it's about Christmas is about what we can get. Well, what you can get and receive is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the right to be called children of God. And as 1 John 3, 1 says, how deep the Father's love he's lavished upon us that we might be called children of God. Because you've earned it? No. Because you deserve it? No. But because we can believe and we can receive that gift. But as we grow up, we also recognize that while it once was about what we can get, Christmas more and more becomes about what we can give. It's about putting in the time and the energy and, and the resources, whether it's financial or otherwise, in order to think of what's a good gift to give to those we love. And in the same way that you were never too old to receive a gift, no one in this room is ever too young to give a gift. Some of the sweet gifts that I recall are ones that our girls have made for us throughout the years. 
because it was something that took time and resources and love in order to put together and to give and to present. And so we look here and, and what is this gift that we receive and what does it look like for us to give? Verse 14 says, the word, the word who is Jesus Christ became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. It's recognizing that Jesus, the light of the world, he was the word of God. He was with God from the beginning. Nothing that was made was not made through him. Everything that was made was made through Jesus. And he came down and offers us, offers us the gift of a relationship with him, the gift, the right to be called children of God. And, and then we have the honor and the privilege and the joy to be able to share that gift with those we love. To recognize that in your homes, in your schools, in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in your city, your country, in your world, you can be a light. That as the world looks around and sees utter darkness, they know that they can see a light that shines brightly. And it's not because it's our own source of light. It's that like the angel's light, like the star, the light that we live is like that that points to the true light, Jesus Christ, who overcomes the darkness. Let me be clear. Does that mean you shouldn't experience darkness if you follow Jesus? Of course, we all experience darkness. Does that mean that you should sweep under the rug all of your guilt and your grief and your pain? No. It means go to Jesus with your guilt and your grief and your pain. It's not dismissing the darkness, but it's recognizing that Christ's Light is bright enough to overcome no matter how deep the darkness you experience. That as Psalm 139 tells us that he said, David's writing, he's like, where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go? If I go to the heights, you are there. If I go in the depths, you are there. And he says, even if I were to hide in the darkness, surely darkness is as light to you. In other words, even in the darkest moments of our lives, Jesus can, God can see us clearly. And he can give us a light like the, the angels gave, that light that said, hey, there's hope. And he can give that light like the star that the wise men follow that can light our way and direct our path. But that light isn't meant for us to keep for ourselves. In a couple moments, we're going to have an opportunity where I'll pray and then we'll, we'll dim the lights. Then I'll go ahead and I'll grab um, a, a candle and I'll light my candle from the Christ candle right here in the center. And as I do that, could you imagine if I say, okay, we're going we're gonna to sing Silent Night, and we're going to have this moment where we experience the light, and then I just say, and I'm keeping this light for myself. This is for me, and no one else can share, and I like hide it, and I keep it, and I go in a corner. Like, no, no, no. Because Christmas can be about what we give, again, excuse me, but it's also about what we can give. So I'll light the candle, they'll come downstairs, I have some friends who will come forward, and they're going to light the candle off of the Christ candle, off of this candle. And then one of them's going to go down this aisle. One of them's going to go down this aisle. And as we sing Silent Night, it's this beautiful picture that as the lights dim, it represents the darkness in the world around us. But as we receive the light, as we receive this embodiment or this picture of Jesus as the light of the world, we don't keep it for ourselves. We can enjoy it. There's warmth and there's hope and there's direction but we get to share it with those nearest to us. 
Because none of us in this room is too old to receive the gift today. And none of us are too young that we wouldn't be able to share it with those near us. And so, will you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person who's part of our service today, whether they're live in person, Lord, whether maybe they're watching online and um, they won't maybe be able to be a part of the candle lighting specifically, but Lord, wherever we are geographically, locationally today, and wherever we are relationally to you today, may you remind us that no matter how dark things get around us, that Jesus All it takes is your light to overcome the darkness. It just takes light to push darkness away. And the darkness can't overtake light. Light breaks through. Lord God, I pray for others, everyone in this room, that we would have opportunity to receive and remember who you are, Jesus, and the gift that you've offered us of eternal life, the right to become called children of God because we believe in your name and we receive the gift that you offer this Christmas season, and in every season. And Lord, as we recognize that we also want to not be people who just get gifts on Christmas, but to give, may the passing of the candlelight be an embodiment and a picture for us of how we can shine your light and be a light in a dark place wherever we are, and we could share your hope and the direction and the purpose we have in you to those around us. Jesus, thank you for coming from the riches of heaven to the rags of a manger. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your life, death, and resurrection. And thank you for being the true light that can not just penetrate, but overcome whatever darkness we experience today. May we bring to you our guilt and our grief and our pain. And may we feel the warmth of your relationship with you and your light this evening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We want to be a church where people are changed by God to change the world. If you want to partner with us in this way, you can start by doing these two things. The first, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you can do that by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening so you can stay connected with us and we can broaden our reach. And the second, and this might be the most important thing you do, share this message with someone you know. And as always, remember, you are prayed for, cared for, and loved. See you next time.